into higher consciousness. The show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everybody. It's Kim and Eden with Talk Purpose and Truth. Hi. Hi, Kim. Hi. Happy to be here. Uh, We're here on Zoom. Me and Eden are here on Zoom looking at each other, and I went, oh, my God, I can't believe I haven't seen her in almost a year in person. And you too, Scott, our producer, Scott. I I miss being in the studio. I know. Maybe it's time to, you know, start thinking about that maybe in the next few months we might be able to get back in there. I think okay. I think we need to figure that out. Scott, I know. Scott's giving us thumbs up. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Zoom Zoom has been great because we have been able to get a lot of people that are out of the country or out of the state or don't yeah. have time to come in the studio. Yeah. So it's it, Zoom can be a blessing as well, and we still get to see each other. So um, we're going to go right into our guest, and our guest, if a lot of you remember one of our top episodes that has Holly Edwards and Prabhat and Prabhat has been the co-host on many of our episodes, the guest co-host. So you guys probably remember his hilarious self on those episodes. And he hosts uh, Jane Unchained. And even and I got to be guests interviewed by Prabhat and Holly on there about the topic of life purpose. Remember that, Eden? Oh, yeah, I remember. Maybe we should acknowledge the little puppy. <laughs> uh, we, I have not officially announced uh, our guest, but we're yeah. going to say that we also have a special guest of a dog. So you'll hear why in a few minutes. Yes. So he's going to be part of the show. Yes. He is. Is he a, a male? I want to make sure yeah. I'm doing, saying that right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, yeah, we talked about that with uh, life purpose and, and, and it's so um, right now, everybody's in that mode of reflect self-reflection of thinking about how life, you know, reevaluating things and life and, and uh, after not, I, I don't know why I'm saying after COVID, I, I don't know. It's going maybe, away. Maybe that's a, a little bit of a sign that it's. I think so. Yeah. It's going in the right direction, maybe. But uh, yeah. And um, we talked a lot about that on yeah, that show with them. The the way that the world has been going, a lot of people have had to reevaluate what they're doing for a living and maybe be bolder or change it or get creative or whatever it may be, change careers altogether. Um but anyway, so go go find um, Jane Unchained with with us on there. You can find it on Facebook. And um, I also know this guest we're about to announce from years ago. I, I met her several times when I was in the Vegan Vixens at World Fest and um, other media appearances. I don't even know if she remembers, but <laughs> I remember her. Um, so anyway, I'm going to announce Jane Velez Mitchell. She is the founder and content editor of Jane Unchained a multi-platform social media news outlet that produces original video content on animal rights and the vegan compassionate lifestyle. She has won four Genesis Awards from the Humane Society of the U.S. for her reporting on animal issues. Woohoo! Veg News named her Maven of the Year in 2010, and in 2013, Mercy for Animals awarded her their Compassionate Leadership Award. Um, She's also been honored for fighting animal abuse by the Animal Legal Defense Fund. 
In 2015, Jane received the Nancy Alexander Award at PETA's 35th anniversary. Um, for six years, she hosted her own show on the CNN headline news where she ran a weekly segment on animal issues. She did numerous stories on animal issues championed by celebrities on WB telepicture show, Celebrity Justice. I remember that. I do um, and she was a court reporter anchor at KCAL TV in LA and WCBS TV in New York and winners of an LA and a New York Emmy for her reporting. So, so many awesome, amazing things that are very inspiring. She's the author of four books, um, a couple of them, her 2014 nonfiction New York Times bestseller, Exposed, The Secret Life of Jody Arias, offers a detailed psychological analysis of a salacious trial that gripped the American public. Another one. I remember that too. I just have to say that. We're going to be asking well. about that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, her bestseller also is her memoir, I Want, A Journey from Addiction and Overconsumption to, the simpler, to a Simpler Honest Life, um, and many more. And she directed and produced Anita Velez, Dancing Through Life, which won a Gracie Award in 2001. Mm. She lives with her partner, Donna Deniso, and four companion animals. One of them is one of our guests today in LA. So welcome Jane. Thank I think she you. went to take, I think she went to take her puppy, her doggy. Thank you. Uh, tell us a bit, tell us about your doggy. Well, yeah, a couple of updates. Uh, my ex and I are good friends, but we don't live together anymore. And so, okay. uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, this is Cabo, Cabo San Lucas, Tucas oh. Lucas. Oh. And he's uh, my longest relationship ever. He's the man of the house. He is um, you know, my, my baby, but also he's a big grown man and, um, he's about 16 now and he, um, got sick and then he went blind recently. Aww. And, um, it's, it's, you know, I've been talking to healers and talking to various people and, and vets and, um, you know, it's hard for them to adjust, but they can adjust because their sense of smell is much stronger than, um, our sense of smell. And so if he gets a routine where he goes outside and he smells like this healer I spoke with yesterday, she said, he loves the smell of the outdoors. Can you take him in a cart maybe, you know? And I said, yes, I have. I actually have a, a bassinet where I put my three dogs and we walk around. And so I'm going to start doing that with a mask, of course. And um, it's been tough though, because he's very needy right now mm -hmm. he's in face so if you hear him barking you know he whines <laughs> and he barks and that's you know he, he's adjusting if you went blind or if i went blind we'd probably be whining and barking too for quite a while oh yeah right oh, oh yeah. that's that's the very special that you have that relationship with him and that's awesome i mean the little dogs a lot of times can live to be 22 so i'm sure he has a lot of he'll adjust and have a lot of happier ahead of him and a lot of our listeners remember we've had sally jenkins who's a pet yeah. communicator on in the past and we also have had doris muna who was on with holly edwards um and she's a pet healer as well as a human healer so Beautiful. very awesome so let's get right into it jane you have been a news anchor commentator on various major well-known networks and now you're the founder and content editor of jane unchained what drives you for this purpose and what are you excited about with it right now well, what drives me is to um, stop animal suffering. I mean, we, you know, we all run around saying we're animal lovers and um, many, if not most Americans have pets and yet we're killing more animals than 
at any other time in human history. 80 wow. billion animals a year, mostly for food. Uh -huh. Of course, we also fight against unnecessary animal experimentation. All animal experimentation is unnecessary. Um, but food is the primary, the, the biggest, the, in terms of the number of animals being killed, they're being killed for food. And it's killing us. I mean, we're in the middle of a zoonotic pandemic. Right? Cabo agrees 100%. Cabo agrees. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're in the middle of a zoonotic pandemic that jumped from animals to people. And remember, mm. even though everybody's like, where did it start? You know, how did it start? It, it was first cropped up amongst people who had visited a wet slaughter market in China. Wow. In and China. And have avian flu and bird flu. And um, <laughs> I'll start, I'll stay calm. Because when I get agitated, he gets agitated. Uh -huh. I can't get real angry, even though it's my favorite thing to do. Um, but, um, you know, uh, swine flu, African swine fever, all of these things are still a threat. And as horrible as this pandemic is, the next one could be even worse. We need to transition away from animal agriculture. We're also fa facing a climate crisis which uh, has some updates to that, uh, that uh, bio is that uh, as part of Jane Unchained, we just did a documentary called Countdown to Year Zero, which is currently on Amazon Prime. Oh, and wow. Basically makes the case that we're gonna have to transition to plant-based diet, all of us by 2026, or we are gonna face an ecological apocalypse. And uh, after that, as an outgrowth of that documentary, excuse me, Angel, you're gonna have to jump down for a second, be calm, okay? As part of that documentary, um, we also, um, the, the star of it is a systems analyst engineer by the name of Dr. Silas Rao. He's Stanford educated. He worked in the tech industry for decades. He helped accelerate internet speeds. I believe he's a genius. He worked with Al Gore, but he split with Al Gore because Al Gore didn't want to talk about animal agriculture. And um, he has written a white paper. He's the star of, the, of Countdown to Year Zero, and I urge everybody, just watch it. It's mm -hmm. not graphic, uh, but it tells a story of how we have to transition to plant-based by 2026. That's wow. Okay. And yes. uh, anyway, so... Uh, as a result of the documentary and further work we did with him, he ended up writing a white paper. And the white paper states that um, animal agriculture is responsible for 87% of greenhouse gas emissions. Not the 14.5% or 18% or 30% or 51% that is quoted because the numbers are all over the place depending on how you calculate it. And so um, really, He's making a very powerful case that we have to transition to a plant-based world. That's what drives Jane Unchained. We have 70 volunteer contributors going live on Facebook. We also have TV shows, not just our documentary, but we have a new cooking show on Amazon Prime, hmm. New Day, New Chef. Check it out. It's super fun. New Day, New Chef. Every time we turn on the blender, we do the blender dance. And um, we've got some new episodes coming out. We also work with Billie Eilish's mom, Maggie Baird. Nice. To, uh, do our season two support and feed where during the pandemic, we had quite a few celebrities gather with us remotely. And then we watched them give money to vegan restaurants. And then the vegan restaurants would make the food. And then uh, Maggie Baird, who's Billie Eilish and Phineas's mother, Phineas's mother, mm -hmm. would distribute it to uh, people who are hungry and first responders and, and folks who really need some nutritious food. 
How special. Wow. Oh. That's a lot. You just it, have so many achievements that are changing yeah. the world. It's like, I, it's going to motivate <laughs> so many people. I'm serious. Wow. Everybody should do their thing. You know, I always say it doesn't matter what you do, whatever you're good at, you can use it to help animals. If you're um, a violinist, we have a friend who's a vegan violinist and she helps animals all the time. She's always donating her talent for uh, fundraisers, uh, galas, etc. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant, you can do pro bono work for a nonprofit. If you're doesn't matter what you are, you an artist, you can do paintings that are mm -hmm. one of the great uh, painters. Her, her name escapes me at this moment, but uh, she does the paintings upside down of, of wild animals and then she flips them and they're beautiful. Wow. And she oh, does yeah. That at galas. So whatever you do, do it and be part of this movement and go vegan. Obviously, that's the, the most important thing is to get get meat and dairy off your plate. Yeah. For your own health. Look at our pandemic, the people who are suffering the worst consequences, the most severe uh, medical consequences are people who have underlying conditions. And uh, those underlying conditions are tied to their diets. And so this is an opportunity. In fact, today on Jane Unchained, I interviewed the, uh, the US head of Veganuary. Half a million people signed up to do Veganuary this year, huge skyrocketing growth. And mm. a lot of them said it was the pandemic that they want to get healthy. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to get sick and die. Right. It's waking right. everybody up. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I'm just, yeah. And I'm, I'm just really impressed. <laughs> just, you just, you, like Kim said, so many accomplishments and I, I think there's many years yet to come that you're still young and you have so much more to do. I can see it. I can feel like you're, I know, right? you're like thinking your in vibration. Your, this is not even enough. I, you have so much more, more <laughs> plans. I'm reading you right now. <laughs> oh, great. Great. I like it. Yes. Where to go? Where to go? Yeah. Um, okay. So now I'll sw uh, completely switch gears. Um, this is one of my, kind of like hobby is a topic that I love is and, and it's not like I it's not a, a happy subject but it's murder and those books that you wrote one of them um, was the Casey Anthony trials you, you a book based on that and then the other Jody Arias trials yeah, um, very I high profile Casey Anthony but I did write about Jody Arias oh okay I covered Casey Anthony. covered that's it, what covered you it. did oh yeah, okay tell her about and, Lindy who? Lindy, <laughs> our, our past guest. Oh, tell her. Okay. Yeah. So, well, Lindy, we had a past guest on who is um, a good friend, but she's also the uh, detective. She used to be an LAPD detective. Now she's higher ranked, much higher, higher ranked. Um, but she worked on many murder cases and she came and interviewed on the show and it was fascinating. And yeah, we have a a great had a great episode with her but um so this whole kind of genre it, it's fascinating to me but as far as you writing this book what turned you on to writing the book what what did you do what was your purpose in that and what did you get out of that well um i've written four books and um here's a funny little revelation i'm actually not interested in murder <laughs> <laughs> I'm an environmentalist. I'm interested in animal rights, stopping climate change, uh, fighting to stop the destruction of the wetlands, those sort of things. But uh, especially when I was younger, you know, I had to make a living and I was a reporter. Wow. 
And so I was a local news reporter. I went to NYU, then I graduated in 77, and I worked in Fort Myers, Florida, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then I got a job in my hometown in New York where I stayed for eight years as a reporter anchor at WCBS-TV. And um, while I had initially really wanted to end up in my hometown after about eight years of reporting on it, which is grueling in Manhattan, it's pretty grueling anywhere, but especially in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I wanted out, and a good friend of mine had gotten a job here in L.A., and he recommended me, and I got a job as a weekday anchor, and it was fabulous. I worked at KCAL. I had a I worked on the Paramount Studios a lot in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, I had a great time at KCAL. It was a fun. It was the most fun job I've ever had. Nice. And, uh, so after about 12 years, that's a pretty good run for an anchor. Um, they had a management change. And uh, so I left. And uh, then my friend Harvey Levin, who's now famous for TMZ, called me and he said, I'm starting the show called Celebrity Justice and I can't find any reporters. I said, what about me? I was at WCBS for like five minutes, but I was like, I'm sick of local news already. Yeah. <laughs> and so when he called me, I said, yeah. And everybody said, you're crazy. That show's going to last 13 weeks. And then you're going to be branded as a tabloid reporter and you'll never work again. I said, you know what? Then I'll become a real estate broker. I don't care. I'm tired of, <laughs> I'm tired of local news. I can't do it anymore. And so I started working for him and uh, that was very exciting job. Um, and I ended up covering the Michael Jackson child molestation trial in Santa Maria. Mm-hmm. And I was there for a good six months covering that trial, which I wow. on Larry King Live, and he, of course, recently passed away. What a yes. nice guy. Mm. And uh, then I was filling in for Nancy Grace. Uh, I was reporting on the trial for Nancy Grace, and then after the show ended, the trial ended, the show ended, and then I started filling in for Nancy Grace when she went on vacation. And uh, then I got my own show. And uh, um, so that was in 2008, and I did ask, of course, I was a budding animal activist. With every year that passed, I got more into it. I, I'm 25, mm-hmm. years, 25 years vegan. And then I really, with it was celebrity justice that allowed me to start doing um, animal rights stories because we wanted celebrities and mm-hmm. they hated us. We're a tabloid show. They literally would run away from us. But so many celebrities care deeply about animals that uh, I work with PETA and we actually lined up um, celebrities who would talk to us, even though their publicists were like, get away. And they were like, no, I I need to talk about the whales. I need to talk about this, that, and the other. So when I got the job at uh, CNN Headline News, I asked, I said, would you mind if I did a little animal segment once a week? And they said, no, we don't, we don't see a problem with that. And maybe they thought it was going to be pet adoption, but I started, I was increasingly becoming an animal rights activist. The more I saw videos of you know, the horrible things they do to cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, goats, lambs, and animals in laboratories. So I started doing hardcore animal activism, which to me is a blessing. I'll always be grateful. They never stopped. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had right. to think about how graphic the footage could be, blah, blah, blah. But they never said, you can't do it anymore, which was really, you know, Amazing. I had six years of doing that. And I interviewed a lot of the top people in the movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that... Uh, was great. Then that show wrapped up after six years, which was a nice run for a national show. And um, so I asked one of the executives, I said, what do I do now? Because I was exactly 59 and a half at the time. Uh uh, They said, well, obviously you're very passionate about animals. Why don't you just focus on that? And I thought, okay. So I started going to protests because when you're a reporter, you can't go to protests. It's not allowed really. Mm. Uh, Mm. You have to be objective. 
So one of the things I first noticed about the protests were, okay, it's really cold in New York. These people are half naked protesting about something. They're shivering. Nobody's looking at them because it's so cold. They're rushing wherever they're going and nobody's documenting any of it. Yeah. I said, bingo, I have my, this was way before Facebook Live. I said, I have my, I have my niche. So yes. um, my girlfriend at the time, Donna said, well, you're unchained, Jane. And, <laughs> you know, meaning I could do whatever I wanted. Um, uh, and, yeah. uh, but it was kind of a play on animals are changed and mm -hmm. also maternal values because the entire animal agriculture industry is based on the violation of the sacred feminine of the female reproductive system. They're not making love on these factory farms. All of these mm -hmm. animals are raped. They are raped. Mm. And then speak of crime, they abduct the babies from the mothers and then they kill all three of them. The babies. So there's, the there's murder right there. So that you, yeah. you focus on murder. <laughs> that yes, is murder. Exactly. It is animal, animal murder. Yeah, it's animal murder. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, I started uh, Jane Unchained. I started, I'll never forget the, one of the first stories I covered. Nine degrees in Brooklyn, there was a protest against Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus. 200 protesters were there and we were shaking. They were shaking because it was so cold. And I had a little GoPro at the time before Facebook Live and I started shooting this protest. And you know what? Even though that's not the reason Ringling Brothers went out of business, the good news is it's really thanks to PETA and all the uh, other mm -hmm. organizations, but primarily PETA, but Ringlings is gone. Mm -hmm. Ringlings is gone. So you, you know, do whatever you have to do with activism, whatever you think, don't worry about the results. Just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Don't I mean, I was, I, I was even a PETA lettuce lady. So, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so good for you. Yeah. You do what you can. Um, what about your other book on one of your books was on your story with addiction? Yes, uh, I'm knock on wood. Let's see if there's any wood over here. Uh, one day at a time, I'll be 26 years sober. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. My sobriety date is April Fool's Day, which is very appropriate because my specialty was making a fool of myself at parties. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was very lucky. I never got a DUI. I didn't, I didn't lose the house, the car, the job, but I, every addict, when you hit bottom, you experience incomprehensible demoralization. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wrote a book about getting sober. And then after I got sober and I didn't have alcohol to drown my feelings, I had to acknowledge myself and to others that I'm gay. So I came out and then I also went vegan. And those wow. are my three, my three miracles, you know, coming out, getting sober. I wouldn't have done anything if I hadn't gotten sober. I wouldn't have mm -hmm. come out. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been an activist. I would still be at a bar, you know, talking to somebody. Oh, I love animals. You know, right. but, uh, what I did was once I got sober, they say in 12 step or sobriety, I should say, the only thing that has to change is everything. <laughs> so all of a sudden I had a lot of time that I used to spend going dancing and club hopping and just doing silly things, you know, mindless things. Mm -hmm. And I put it into animal activism. And it just shows you, you can change your reputation because I had a pretty, I, I had a reputation as a lush, but now <laughs> oh. I'm Granola Jane, who's the animal activist. Only a few people really remember me from those days. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like I'm a totally different person from, from those 
from those days. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they say, you know, do not regret the past because if you share your experience, it can help somebody else. So that's why I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. How did it? How did it change your perspective on other people's now, currently, even and even then with mental health? We we do a lot with mental health awareness. We work with the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, which is a global campaign to help reduce the stigma around mental health issues. So I know going through something like that and putting it out to the public really helps you be an example for others struggling with anything related to addiction or mental health. Well, I don't like to commingle the two. I'm not mentally ill. Mm-hmm. I look at it like it just affects, like everything affects your mental health. Stress affects our mental health. Well, um, yeah, getting anxiety a, about the yeah. animals affects our mental health. That's all no, I'm look, saying with that. No, I understand. I, I just think it's important to distinguish between those two. You right. Know, because, um, yeah, uh, but I will say that there, there's a lot of cliches in sobriety, and the reason is that they're very true. And one thing that we always say is insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that, honestly, I think, I think that, uh, you know, mental illness is something where, First, just like alcoholism, you have to acknowledge you have a problem. The first step toward solving any problem is acknowledging you have a problem. And that's the hardest part because there's pride involved. Oh, I don't want to admit that I've got this problem, Mm -hmm. right? But frankly, the sooner you admit it, the sooner you can get over it. I mean, Mm -hmm. if I could go back, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but if I could have gotten sober at 18, I would have much much preferred that. However- my journey is my journey, and yeah. I shared it with other people. There's a lot of people that don't want to get over it, though, because they don't want to feel yeah. <laughs> easier to escape it. And I'm sure that's a part of what kept you going for a while. Exactly. I said I, I'm gay, and I didn't want to deal with that. You right. know? And what's really interesting is once I got sober, I just couldn't. There was just no way I could hide from it. Right. You became your authentic self. A Chardonnay, you know, be like I could. Yeah. So that's sobriety. You have to sit through your feelings Mm -hmm. and realize that, you know, your negative feelings don't last forever. A very wise person said, just sit through the feelings. They don't last forever. Sometimes it's 20 minutes or 45 minutes and then you get to the other side. If you don't sit through them, they just keep coming back over and over again. Oh, yeah. Because they stay inside your body. Yeah. And you'll repeat it. (laughs) <laughs> good point. Very good point. Yes. Well, okay. I was my next question was going to be talk about your personal life a little bit more so people can get to know you, but you just, you just <laughs> let it all out. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to share around that? How was your childhood? Interesting childhood. Very interesting. Um, I, I would say it's unusual. I'm sure everybody feels their childhood was unusual, but I was born and raised in Manhattan. Um, my mom is from Puerto, was from Puerto Rico. Uh, she was born in 1916. And actually she was the original animal activist. She had a pig. She thought huh. that pig was her friend. That pig, I know Cabo, I like this story too. He agrees. That pig, that pig was her friend. I'm gonna pick my dog up. That pig was her friend and uh, she came home from school one day and the pig had been slaughtered for food and she fainted. Mm. She woke up, she shunned meat from that point on. And she had a very interesting life story. She came to 
New York by herself on a boat at the age of 12, at the height of the Great Depression, and at the start of the Great Depression, she formed a very successful dance troupe called Anita Velez Dancers. And she actually did a little documentary on her called Anita Velez Dancing Through Life. And um, she played a lot of the hotels in the Caribbean, the United States and Canada. And she, her big moment was playing the Palace Theater. She was the last of the vaudevilles. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she married my dad, who was Irish American, also born in 1916. And he was an advertising executive and uh, very dashing, handsome. They were both gorgeous and they, they came together because they were both very good dancers. My mother was a professional dancer and my father was a very good ballroom dancer. And my mother's theatrical agent was my father's best friend. And my father lived on Central Park South and my mother lived on West 58th Street. And then somebody broke into my mother's apartment and she called my dad and said, come over. My dad's name was Pierce. Pierce, come over. I've been, they broke in. And that was it. Then they started, they, they were together forever. And uh, unfortunately they're both gone, but I think of them often. Hmm. And, and we didn't good have meat in the house. Right. We didn't have meat in the house uh, because of my mother, my dad. Uh, I wouldn't call him a vegan. I wouldn't call any of us a vegan. It was, you know, this was like the 60s, 70s, but we didn't have meat in the house. We thought of ourselves as vegetarians, but we were pescatarians. But uh, they were definitely advanced. You know, we 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 were doing vitamins that for a while they were macrobiotic. I mean, they were mm. very avant-garde. My mother did uh, yoga back in the 40s when nobody even wow. knew. She was one of the first hyphenates. She hyphenated her name. So instead of being Anita Mitchell, she was Anita Velez Mitchell. So I changed my name to Jane Velez Mitchell. And um, because I was born Jane Mitchell, but I felt like Jane Velez Mitchell better define me. Mm -hmm. And and I always feel good about that decision and uh, has a nice ring to it. And and there you go. I will say that I was an only child. And one of the reasons I'm an activist even though my parents were great parents, um, they they did do one thing that was very hurtful. They gave my dog away. We were moving from 58th Street to 57th Street to a fancy apartment right across from Carnegie Hall. And uh, I guess dad didn't want the, the carpets to get stained. They didn't really train <laughs> the dog. Now that I think back on it, our dog wasn't spayed or neutered. I don't remember ever going to a vet. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not good. And... Um, they just gave my dog away one day and I came home from school, oh. maybe about 10. And, and my dog, I was like, where's Mr. Monday? And to this day, it is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Oh, um, it's very traumatic. So traumatic. I, oh my God. I, it totally shattered my life that they gave my brother. It, it, Mr. Monday was like my brother and I never found mm-hmm. out what happened to him. That was oh. the worst part. So oh. everything I do is also yeah. from Mr. Monday. Yeah, know? look wow. at you just you just put that piece together. You just that's what you you make Makes more sense. sense now. You make more sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It gives you but the drive. As an only child, you know, I was an only child and my dog was like my sibling. It was totally yeah. like that was my best yeah. friend, my sibling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it really helps an only child like feel I never felt like I needed a sibling, you know? Yes, mm. yes. I mean, it was devastating to me. I just couldn't believe. And then I even as a child, I knew the stories they were telling me weren't true. You know, they would change. We gave it to a man with a farm. I'm like, we're in Manhattan. What are you talking? You know, I was like, 
I knew that they were lying. And, it, it, you know, I think fibbing is how they would think of it. And um, I didn't trust them after that. Yeah. You know, that. so it, def- it affected my relationship with them, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, I forgive them. And I understand that. Uh, well, the first thing when we moved to the fancy apartment, the first thing I did was knock over a lamp and burn a hole in the carpet. Oh, so, so right you might as well have had the dog then. Yeah, I that was, right. That was uh, I. I didn't do it consciously. It all happened unconsciously. But oh, yeah. I know that that's what motivated it. Yeah, yeah. I think they just didn't see how much it would affect you. Um, you know. But that's interesting. Uh, your your whole story is so interesting. And I was saying that's why you, besides being vegan, you look you look so young and and beautiful because your your parents were so glamorous, you know, <laughs> but, uh, well, but I'm not as glamorous as my parents. They were very, my father used to say to me, why do you dress like a farmer's daughter? Cause Aww. I was a hippie and he Aww. never saw a pair of jeans in his life. He was, they, he used to uh, win the Bo Brummel contest at fashion shows and parties. And, you know, there was a big Easter gala we would go to sometimes it was at the Plaza hotel and, uh, he would he he was very dashing. That was his role in the advertising um, company that they had, Newmark Posner and Mitchell, which still exists to this day. You know, he was the uh, charming guy who kind of closed the deal, uh, and uh, so he had uh, a lot of flair. So they they were much more glamorous than I am, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, but you were. It, it made me. It made me also think of when I Peta was what inspired me at the age of 13. My friends and I made a New Year's resolution to live you know, with animal rights and vegetarian and all that. And I remember back then it was only like 86 and it was so hard to find anything. We'd be living on grilled cheeses and French fries and like it was so hard and it's so wonderful now that you could just go to any local supermarket, even real regular ones and find you know, vegan and vegetarian options. It's, mm-hmm. such, it's so much progress. You know, yeah. at least, now at least the pandemic, that. I'm going back to just eating vegetables yeah. um, because for a while there, I was trying to prove to everybody you can make anything. So you can have a veggie burger, you can have vegan ribs, you can have vegan fish, you can have vegan ice cream. You can, it's like a lot of that stuff is fattening too. So yeah. I mean, it's great, but it's a treat. So now I've really gotten into I'm having vegetables delivered once a week, fruits and vegetables. I'm getting back into actual vegetables and fruits. And guess what? It tastes delicious. Last mm-hmm. night I had steamed broccoli, steamed cabbage, and baked potato with a little bit of olive oil that I sprayed on and salt. It was delicious. That's awesome. Hmm. I, yeah. I, use, I use vegan butter. I think that tastes good. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the pandemic, I think a lot more people are cooking at home and finding healthy and they're going oh no I gained people are calling it like the COVID weight gain or whatever they're like trying to shift that and eat better so the easiest thing would be to go veg you know go vegan go vegetarian absolutely for your health I mean um I also have a little concoction in the morning where I have uh turmeric and pepper Mm. activates the turmeric and that's an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I throw in some moringa and I just ran out of the maca. I just ordered some more and I, I drink that. And that's like a, (laughs) I do have coffee though. I'm never, I don't think I'm ever giving that up. I don't know if I I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Eden's magical. She can get by on water, right? Eden. (laughs) I I don't like anything but water. Yeah. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. I know. Amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. So anyway, well, this has been a real treat and we have learned so much and been so inspired by you. And I think right now it's extra needed to hear what you had to say today. So thank you. And we want our listeners to know how to find you and how to find Jane Unchained. Just go to janeunchained.com. And if you're a member of Amazon Prime, you can watch all of our content free. It's called New Day because it's a new day, new chef. And it's super fun. You know, it's a lot of laughs. Our first uh, segment is Dotsie Bausch, who is a vegan Olympian who won um, an Olympic medal. Uh, we have oh, all sorts of bodybuilders and, you know, really people who are um, just in perfect form and muscular. We got this guy, Ryan Nelson. He's so muscular. It's like, ah! and he's 100% vegan. So it's a really fun show and great great easy recipes so check out new day new chef on amazon prime and also countdown to year zero which is a documentary that explains exactly why we have to go plant-based or we could go extinct as a species awesome thank you everybody check out all those and you can also find jane unchained on facebook under videos awesome Look for our video. That yes, we're, look for know. ours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, Jane. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.